And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone I've ever been with. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Ferroli. You are listening to the Ted Williams League Baseball Podcast. Days at the playground Right out in the street Baseball made life complete Hi, we got an exciting podcast for you tonight here in the Ted Williams League. We got Matt Marini, Dylan McDonald, and my old friend way back, Charlie Bradford. And we're, we're back here as a group, which is kind of fun. How you been, boys? I'm good, Coach. How are you? I'm doing all right. Dylan, what's going on? Uh, just finishing up school for Thanksgiving. I'm back home, and it uh, feels nice to be back in the studio. Yeah. Where's the foreman? Where is he? <laughs> New Hampshire? Yeah. What school is he at again? He goes to uh, Kobe Sawyer in New Hampshire. Ah. He's bending that curveball, the left-handed curveball up there. Charlie, how you doing? I'm here. I'm doing good. Yeah? No COVID. <laughs> that's a plus, Charlie. That's, that's, that, that's good. Actually, we're going to test you right now. Hold him down! No, I'm kidding. Uh, what we want to talk about tonight in... Um, one of the frustrations we have in the Ted Williams League is we've done all this research. Um, we have a safer um, and what we would consider to be a much better presentation of the game than other leagues. And what we have is we have players that are kind of doing both, and it's very frustrating to us because um, we feel as though they're not getting as much out of their baseball experience as they could. And again, this is a perfect time to say this, we are not criticizing the um, participants, the, you know, the, the coaches or the umpires. What we're criticizing is the format. And we just do not believe that a man-sized plate, a man-sized ball, the bases that are too short, uh, pitching mounds, uh, all these things that are adding up to a more difficult presentation of the game is beneficial to any player, coach, or umpire. And one of the things we want to do in this podcast is to talk a little bit about it and, you know, some of our frustrations or to try to maybe talk about the differences between, you know, from a player's standpoint, what he's experiencing from one league to another. And um, that's pretty much what we're doing. Can you guys think of any... I'm gonna, I'll, I'll lead it off. I'm, I'll, I'll bat first. Never batted first before. Not quite fast enough, but here I'm going to bat first. One of my pet peeves is that the parents and the players do not understand what is so important about the Ted Williams League. And, and I can understand why it's very complicated, and I'd like to remind anyone listening to this that we have a very 
detailed presentation called Saving Youth Baseball, which um, goes over all the details of what we're going to talk about in a general way um, tonight and what we've been on some of our podcasts. Goes in very, you know, details in regard to what is exactly wrong with these other formats and how it affects the players, the coaches, and the umpires. And um, so that's probably my number one pet peeve because I want the players. We did a podcast a while back talking about why. Well, why is this important? Because I feel baseball is a dress rehearsal for life. I think it is a fantastic game for preparing you for all the difficulties that you're going to face in your life. And I, I, I completely believe that in regard to other sports and activities. So that's my first pet peeve. Guys, what, what comes to mind when we bring up this topic? Uh, well, for me, it's kind of related to what you just said. But whenever parents bring their kids down and over time they start to fade out and the attendance becomes very poor, likely because they're going to other leagues uh, frequently, that makes it much harder for us to properly teach the kids what we're trying to teach them. Yeah, you know, um, and let's let's just pick like one place. So let's say we'll, we'll do the little Johnny. Little Johnny will be the example. Okay, so little Johnny is 10 years old. And um, he comes to us and he's batting with a wooden bat. Ted Williams League rule. Now, our next presentation clips are going to be all about bats. Um, we saved that for last because that's a basically the biggest band-aid that's ever been put on children's baseball. We're going to take all these problems, we're going to try to fix it with a two to $500 bat. Well, I'm, I'm, I've been getting warmed up for this one for a while, so those are coming. But little Johnny, he goes to his other league and he's using a titanium bat that maybe his parents paid, we'll say, two fifty for. He comes to Ted Williams League, he's using wood. Now that bat that he's using in the other league, made out of titanium, might be what they call a drop 10. Now, for someone listening to this that doesn't understand the details, and this is what I mean about the parents, well, a drop 10 means that the bat weight is 10 ounces lighter than its length. So if it was 30 inches long, the bat weighs 20 ounces. Okay, so here's my problem with little Johnny. Guess what, in high school, by league rule, Nationally, drop three. That's the high school rule. So if you're a parent at home, you say, oh, my kid's going to play for the Red Sox. Okay? I hope he does. I'm going to be the first one on the seat with a hot dog. But what would be more interesting is to target him playing in high school. Well, if he's swinging a drop 10 bat, you're not on a good path there. In the Ted Williams League, these wooden bats range somewhere, drop three, drop four, maybe drop five. I wouldn't go much lower than that because when he gets to the most important place in his career, it's going to be drop three, period. There's nothing you or any league or anybody else can do any, anything about it. Drop three. So that's, one, that's a perfect example right there. To add to your point, Coach, uh, I hate to put so much criticism on the baseball parents 
but I want the parents to think of it more as constructive criticism because what they don't understand is what the Ted Williams League is and how much more beneficial it is to their kid than if they're playing Little League. And the bat's a perfect point, but they don't understand why we use wood bats, why our players 12 years and younger use the smaller ball, and why our dimensions are different. And that's the most frustrating part is they don't understand the benefits compared to these other leagues out there. Right, and it, and it is very complicated. But if we just stay on the bats real quick, and it, it, you know, I could just, you can just go, and this is why we did the presentation because it was so difficult for the parents to understand what is beneficial about the Ted Williams League. We're talking about 70 years of something that has been set up incorrectly. Well, that's going to take a lot of work to get it straight. So if we stay on the bats, so let's say little, little Johnny's 10, so we swing in that bat, it's a drop 10 bat. Well, he has an advantage that has been placed there to make up for some other mistakes in design, and we won't go into that now. But he has this bat that is really quick. But when he gets to high school, it's not going to be there anymore. They will not let him use that. It's against the rules. So now what I call, as a batting expert, his timing file has been distorted. It's, it's, it's a lie. It's not true. It's not what it's going to be. It's not the end of the tunnel. It is a waste of time and money. What else we got? Uh, going back to what Matt said, is the sort of lack of attendance, so to speak. And you talked about our kids just fading away from the program over time. But it's also the lack of attendance as well because the fact that people are prioritizing these other, they, they, they'll sign up to play the Ted Williams League, but they've been prioritizing their time going to their town ball games or their AAU practices Yeah. when yeah. we have games going on in the Ted Williams League. Yeah, well, you know, and let's talk about that. What we're doing in 2022, and this is something we've been talking about for a couple of years now, but we are definitely going to start to put it in effect. What we're going to look for in 2022 is 24 boys in every division, with the exception of our AA division, which has four to six teams in it for 20 years. Um, we want 24 players in all our divisions because we feel in short form, and we'll talk a little bit more about short form in a minute, because Matt was bringing that up earlier in the in the before we uh, you know before we went on air here so to speak. We feel that if we're in, if we have your player in short form from the spring to Halloween, they're going to be in baseball heaven as far as the dimensions of the game and all the supporting instruction of the Ted Williams League and the camp as well, which is a, a, a blood brother to the league. So that is what we're trying to do. We want short form to be, uh, uh, we think that is a better idea than being somewhere else. Um, and when you talk about you know, players playing in another format and you know, not coming to our our games. I think that other team, other leagues suffer this as, as well. I don't think it's just us. I think 
you know, when we when we titled the presentation, it was called Saving Youth Baseball. I think that I certainly know AAU coaches that struggle to get nine. I, I know town programs that struggle to have enough teams in a division. And it's really a shame. It really is. It's not just... It's all baseball is, is, in my opinion, is fading to some degree. And I think we have the answers to those problems. If you're the baseball parent listening to this, you sort of have to question why the game itself is fading. And part of the emphasis that we're trying to put on this is that the way the AAU programs are being run, the way the Little League programs in some cases are being run, is part of the reason in itself why it's starting to fade away. Yeah, well, I mean, in detail, you know, we've talked, well, in the presentation, we talked about a man-sized plate, which basically lets the pitcher overthrow the ball and get away with it, and he gets rewarded by the umpire. Meanwhile, the hitter um, is devastated. There's an example right there. Now, it's not the coach's fault at the field, or even the board of directors, they answer to headquarters if they're in Little League. They answer they answer to Williamsport, and that's it. And this is all, and they answer, and they get in line and play by in this format for some hope of playing in this tournament, which is still out of dimension, this big tournament that, you know, um, the Little League World Series. And in my opinion, it's still out of dimension. So this is the type of thing we're talking about. Um, and like I said, again, the, the format of, of uh, the details of these format flaws is brought about in the presentation. But we wanted to casually talk about it here. But we definitely want 24 players at every division. And we, we want those players to sign up. And we're going to try to give them the best baseball experience we can in 2022. And the people that can't make it... I really would prefer they just stay where they are. You know, uh, this. You know, I would rather do what we're doing with the people that want to do what we're doing, and the other people. I'm not sure we have room for them. Maybe they they can't see it, they can't understand it. Then they can just stay in whatever league they're in. What do you guys think? What we're saying is that uh, your players, if you're the parent listening, need to buy into us. The problem is is we try to develop players in our program and they start to fade away, but they're just not, they haven't fully bought in. They they keep showing up, they keep coming back every year, but they don't come to us enough and they don't stay with us. They need to stay committed so we can fully develop them to their fullest potential. Yeah, well, what you have is, you know, when you say us, it's kind of interesting because... This is a Ted Williams League podcast, but the Ted Williams League was created from my summer baseball camp, basically. What had happened was the summer baseball camp had stumbled upon some of these dimensional flaws. I brought them to Ted. Ted started to look at them, started to get excited about them. We started to study them together, and there's, there's where the Ted Williams League came from. So what we end up happening is, we say we have winter programs, which will start up in January or February. We got kids coming to those programs, then they go off to Little League to go backwards. You know, because they're not going to, the format is going to pull them back. 
And that's the problem. And the reason why, at least, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, the reason why I'm not interested in teaching players the route of Ted Williams League format is because I feel like I'm letting the boy down. I'm teaching him, then he's going into an environment where he can't do the things that we are showing him, or I am showing him, as well as he could because the format is incorrect. Case in point, he's playing uh, Little League Baseball, there's a ground ball third, and he picked, you know, he feels the ball, he picks it up, throws the first safe because he's throwing a man-sized ball. And most kids at that age don't have the arm to get it across the diamond because the ball they're throwing is too heavy. This sort of stuff. Well, when you put the time into this that I have, I don't want to do that anymore. I would rather, if the parent doesn't understand it and the child doesn't understand it, well, when you finally do understand it, we'll be here waiting for you. You know, we've been here a long time. We're not going anywhere. But I don't want to play in the middle. I want people that are do I want people that are willing to do what we're doing. And that's what that's what the Ted Williams that's the direction the Ted Williams League is headed in two thousand twenty two. Who's got something else? Nobody? Dead silence? Oh, I scared you guys. <laughs> you know I, I, What's another pet peeve? You know, what's what's something else that's you know, I, I attendance and like I said, that's you could you could put that on any league. That's not just us. You know, and I think kids on us, you know, I mean, if there was ever a time to save baseball, it's now. You know, with this whole screen age, <laughs> you know, that's a, I mean, I'm not even gonna get on that. I'm talking baseball, but you know what I'm saying? These kids. They don't have a screen in front of them. They don't know where. They're on the moon somewhere, you know? So what else is going on? Did you guys watch the World Series at all? No, uh, not too much for me personally. Well, after the Red Sox lost, I kind of lost some interest. Dylan? I watched the World Series, yeah. I, I thought it was a, it was a good series. Um, you know, it was nice to see the Braves win. Uh, Close-fought series. Um, how about you, Coach? I uh, I actually did a, a few, a little bit of podcasting on it. I was, you know, I, I'm always uh, amazed at the talent, um, you know, like this guy, like like Albie. He was a second baseman for Atlanta. Uh, you know, I look at some of the talent of these players. and um, But I get disappointed with... Um, how they go about some things. You know, I'm watching Houston. I don't know what game it was in there. You know, you got runners on second and third or a man on third, and there's one out. And there's, the batter's got two strikes on him, and he doesn't shorten up. He doesn't He doesn't have a two-strike stroke. Well, you got a man on third, one out, a ground ball, the second scores that run. You're down by one run, tie ball game. Um, the lack of two strikes hitting is enough for me to not even watch it. It's... It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't follow um, the history of the game. All the great hitters had two strike strokes. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, I, you know, I, there was some great fielding plays. You know, this. I mean, some long home runs. You know, I actually loved watching Altuve at one point. He made a beautiful play going to his right, and he actually executed three different level tests in my camp. 
I can tell you what they were. One was the slow roller. The other one was what we call angle and intercept. Okay? And, um, and just, you know, his basic attack on the ball. It, all, you know, was, it was a backhand play, which is another test that we have. But he made a beautiful backhand play in slow roller form during what we call angle and intercept. So that was a fantastic play to watch. And he did, you know, just nice to, to watch um, some of the plays. You know, it's funny too, you, you know, even, even in some of these games, I see things that, uh, that, you know, defensively that I think could have been done a lot better than the, what they were, you know. I mean, you know, still guys missing cutoffs, cutoffs not in proper position, things like this. And this is in the playoffs, which is really interesting to me. But um, anyway, um, I think the talent is there, and I'd like to see some better two-strike hitting, you know. One thing that did frustrate me is when one of the Houston players had got hurt, pitcher, and it took like 12 to 15 minutes for the next guy to warm up yeah. while everybody waited. That was really, that struck me as really odd, you know. What else? What do you Well, uh, let's go back to what you were saying about the two-strike hitting. So we... We see that these players, they they don't shorten up their swing. They don't ha they don't use a two strike stroke. You got to imagine that they they know how to shorten up their swing and to hit it up the middle. But why do you think so many players sort of shy away from that? I don't know. That's a good question. It, it you know I I have um I have speculated that it could be. Um, coming from ownership that, you know, or from the commissioner's office saying, hey, look, you know, we need to get these games over with. If you go into a two-strike stroke, it's going to prolong rallies. It's going to make games longer. Um, and this is just speculation. You know, there's no way of knowing that. that you know, we're never going to find that information out. Um, but I'm not sure it would make games longer. Maybe what it would do is put a team ahead and you know, now it's, you know, we don't go into extra innings as often because, um, you know, uh, you know, there's a lead. And, or, or maybe guys get themselves out with a two-strike stroke quicker than what they would. I would think it would lengthen the games, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not positive. I'd have to see it played out. But they definitely, uh, you know... <laughs> And you make it sound like they know how to do it. I'm not so sure that's true either. Yeah, I was going to say, who's, who's going to teach them when they're a kid? Well, you know, I mean, I heard a story. I think it was a Yankees player. He didn't understand what Peppa was. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's... <laughs> it was, you know, a rookie player, and though he, he didn't understand the game of Peppa. Well, I mean, Peppa is... Uh, well, it was Ted's favorite practice drill and uh, I can understand why because you're doing so much when you're playing Peppa you can practice your kind of your regular hitting slowly and deliberately getting the bat on the ball bat on the ball and you can practice your two strike hitting same way bat on the ball bat on the ball and those are two very different things different depth different there's some differences there and of course the field is Taking the ball in out of his glove, throwing strikes. Hopefully, it's a great game. We play it all the time in the at the upper levels of the Ted Williams League.
But, you know, to, to hear that a major league player doesn't really understand that drill is uh, disheartening at, at the least. What else? Let's go back and talk about uh, 2022 and what our plans are for the Ted Williams League. So we said that our, our goal, our plan is to have all of our divisions to have at least 24 players where they play in uh they play in short form. Uh, coach, could you explain a little bit more about what short form is for those who don't know? Yeah, we it's we kind of got off that and uh, short form, in my opinion, is kind of like a a baseball scrimmaging drill. And uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but basically, what you have is say you have eighteen players. And I'm, I'm thinking of my high school team right now because we used to do it all the time. So six players are going to bat and the other 12 players are going to defend. And what's nice about that is now the six players, let's say you play, you know, I don't know, four innings of this or five innings of it. Well, if you're in that six-man lineup, you're going to bat, you know, maybe five, six times in that game. And that's one of the things about short form I really like. And if you're fielding, you know, there's going to be plenty of action for you because you're, you know, you're in the field a lot. You're in the field for, you know, uh, for two teams coming up to bat in short form. So you're fielding, you know, if you're the third team, say, you're fielding for two teams of six, which would be, you know, you could look at that almost like as a batting order of 12 and there's a lot more action. There's a lot more participation. And this is why I love short form at a young age. Because you get Ted Williams League rule. And of course we're changing the pitches and we're doing, you know, everything's the same. And one team wins and the other two lose. And that's what short form is. You know, team one bats, we get them out. Team two bats, we get them out. Team three bats, we get them out. Next inning. And that's what it is, and I think that's a better way to go. And it's not to say that on a given day, if we have enough players, we can just break into two teams. Or, on a given day, if we have a play, we have a team, say, from another state or another town that wants to play an outside game against us, that we could do that as well. And this is what I love about short form. It's very manageable, and it can play uh, right through the year, and what's nice about it, too, is that, you know, you can play, you know, let's talk about All-Stars. There's another thing in the format. Well, the Ted Williams League doesn't do All-Stars. What we do is we go back to little Johnny that was 10 years old. He's playing in short form in the Ted Williams League. And the coaching staff is saying, you know something, little Johnny's ready for the next level of play. You know, he is, he can play. This kid can do this. So... Now we know next year that little Don Johnny, or next season, little Johnny, who, who might be just turning 11, say, going into the fall, now he's an A-division player, he's gone up. So we move our players in accordance to uh, their division, and we don't do all-stars. We don't really believe in that, because it tends to be very political. So... This, those are some other format ideas of the Ted Williams League in regard to, you know, um, 
seasons and uh, you know um, short form and um, politics. You know, we've all heard the story. Uh, you know, this kid makes this team because you know for all the wrong reasons. That's probably the best way to say it. It's not the kid's fault, um, but it happens. It happens all the time. Even worse than that is, let's go step, let's forget the All-Star team. How about the draft right in the beginning of the year? Well, this kid's got to be on my team. He needs a ride. You know, the, if you don't think these coaches connive and, you know, uh, try to set up their teams before the season even starts. In the Ted Williams League, the teams are drafted equally and evenly. That's part of our rules. A double-A division, you know, a lot of years you wouldn't bet $5 who's going to win because the teams are so uh, so uh, close in ability. Mm -hmm. other, other times, not so much. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest, um, when you go from Ted Williams League format to traditional format, what do you think are some of the biggest aspects of the game that children will suffer in the most? when they are kind of doing both at the same time. Yeah, that, that's an easy one. And, you know, it, and it, you know it's, it's kind of, well, it's easy for me because I've been thinking about it since the 80s. Uh, to a parent, they would have to watch the presentation, but off the top of my head, the bat, the ball, the plate, it all started with the plate. The plate is an absolute disaster. And... I met with a good friend of mine, Seth Ferdinand, a few weeks back, talking about expanding the podcast a little bit in a different direction. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, um, little bit more, a little bit wider of a, a, an audience type of idea. And he made the case that you know what you didn't say, coach, is that Little League Baseball knew the plate needed to be smaller. They knew that, and that's true. Carl Stotts back in you know the late '40s. He knew the plate. He almost had the exact dimensions of the Ted Williams League. But the difference between him and Little League and us is we actually did it. Um, so the, he knew that the dimensions of the plate were off, and they went ahead with it anyway. And like I said, Pennsylvania State advised against it, and they went ahead with it. Well, it was wrong then, and it's still wrong today, unless you're playing in the Ted Williams League. So in answer to your question, Matt, the ball, the bat, the plate, uh, we just hit a little bit on politics, but I think that's probably the lesser of them. Uh, because the ball was too big, well, then the, the dimensions of the field got set too short because the kid couldn't throw the big, the shortstop couldn't throw the big ball far enough. Right. So they shortened the bases. Well, guess what? Now the base runner's there. Boom. He's there. No play. No double plays, forget them. You know, stuff like this. And while, you know, that might be a very um, simple explanation of it, those things are all true. You know, and, and if you know and and to put your your player into this environment when you have the option of doing what I would consider to be baseball heaven. The Ted Williams League rules or format coupled with the teaching of the camp, and I don't say this as much as I should, you know, but I am Ted Williams' chosen successor. You know, he said repeatedly, 
that I understood and taught his theories of hitting better than anyone he ever met. Well, if you're in the league, and I'm just about at every single thing we do, you know, you have myself watching you as a player, and all my guys, we, we no one, you, we all talk the same language. You can't come in the Ted Williams League and say, we're going to do this or that. We, we have very strict rules about how we go about things as far as instruction goes as well. So there's another thing. But my, you know, I always like to throw out the, the, the disclaimer again that we're not, it's not the, the people, it's the format. Because I know a lot of good coaches in other leagues, um, and, and in my opinion, they're being restrained, um, and so is the player. You know, Coach, I see your frustration about being like in the middle every year, and it's I've been coaching in the Ted Williams League for five years now, and the past five years, it's been in the middle. And what we want for 2022, what we really want to focus on, is we really want what's what's best for our players. We want our players to have the best baseball experience possible. And and you know, you know, let me intercept you there too, and let me be very clear about this too. You know what else too? We want what's best for the Ted Williams League as well. For the for the for the format itself, all the hard work that was put into this that gained the name of an American hero. So, you know, if, if you're not going to play with us, then you're not going to play with us. It's that sort of thing. Let's find somebody that wants to. There's other players out there that might be looking for this and, and are willing to commit to it. So, yes, we, we want the best for all players around the world. But if we can't get our people to commit to the Ted Williams League and to do what we're trying to do, we're wasting our time. You know, and I, I, I don't want to waste one more minute on this in-between idea. I want, and the reason I pick short form is because any really good business uh, design will tell you that the best thing to do is to do what will work at the smallest level. So I would ra I'd rather get uh, 24 players that we can play in short form or in pickup form or outside games uh, in every division and go and give them our very best. That's what I see in 2022. And what we want by saying we want what's best for our players is we don't want to take away from their experience. Like, you know, if we're teaching a kid who's in another program and we're giving him the same amount of time and instruction as we are as someone who's fully committed to playing in the Ted Williams League, it's just not fair for that, that Ted Williams League player. Well, you know, it, I agree. And it's also what's really disappointing to me, and, and I hit on this a little bit earlier in the podcast, is the player that's in the other division, they go backwards. That, the, the player that's in the other league, they go backwards. Because what the parent doesn't understand and what the boy doesn't understand is that these dimensional and equipment flaws make it so much more difficult for the player to learn the skills correctly. 
and I'm not going to list the examples. There's a ton of them in the presentation. We talked about them before. But here's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about how they get in the other programs. And again, not to criticize them. My friend's playing. We got nice uniforms with our name on the back. The players can steal. Oh, my God. If I hear this another time, they will put, you know, some of my best players come. In the other league, we can steal. Okay, and in the Ted Williams League, of course, the runners are alive. We can steal. The problem is, is that we don't have enough dedicated players to get to stealing earlier in the season. Uh, you know, let's say, we'll give an example. We're in the spring, and we get a thumper division group, and they all want to steal. Well, they don't know the first thing about it. The base runner doesn't know what to do. The catcher doesn't know what to do. The pitcher doesn't know what to do. Certainly the mid-infield doesn't know what to do. And they want to steal just because, you know, it sounds fun. <laughs> well, we don't really allow that until they know what they're doing. And then we'll say, okay, well, you can steal. Game five or game six. Okay, go ahead, give it a shot. Um... And in the other divisions, a lot of the rules are different. I'm sorry, the other leagues, I keep saying divisions by mistake. In the other leagues, the rules are different. The runners aren't live. They can't lead. You know, a lot of the, you know, the, I mean, Little League, the last I checked, you know, the ball had to be passing the plate before the runner could leave the base. Well, that's a lot different than what we do. And what, how the, how the game of baseball is supposed to be played. It's a made-up rule. Yep. For a league that has dimensions that won't allow for actual stealing. Yeah, it's a, it, they, what they did was they created a Band-Aid rule to make up for the flaws that were created in the late 40s. One of my favorite clips in the Saving Youth Baseball presentation is where I compare the Little League or, or AAU or Babe Ruth format, and there's some changes, you know, some parents, oh no, we play 50-70 now. Well, you know, 70's still too short, you know, at 12 years old. <laughs> you know, I mean, and you got the man-sized ball and the big plate, you're still on the moon compared to what we're talking about. I know there's been some changes, but I compared the youth baseball format like, a, like an old bus with a new paint job. The new paint job is the, the nice shirts that the coaches are wearing and the nice uniforms the kids are wearing. But that bus that everybody's going to get on, it's got no brakes, no air conditioning, no power steering, no FM radio, no emergency door. Uh, it's an old bus, and it's out of date by our standards anyway. I love that clip. I think it's very well said. Yeah, another thing too, you know, when you get on these dimensions and all, another thing I, I, I talked about in one of the clips in the presentation was hey, you wouldn't send your kid to school with a big shirt and, you know, a, a small pants and, you know, boots that were too big for his feet because he'd almost, he'd be made fun of, he'd almost be, have trouble walking. That's kind of how I see youth baseball. The, the, the clothing, the dimensions, the sizes of it that your child is trying to wear are incorrect. You, if you, I should get a picture of someone in the wrong size clothing. That's how I see what is going on in these other leagues. You know, like if the plates, the shoes, you know, put, put man-sized shoes on your kid and send them to school. Not going to be a good day.
Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I in one of the clips I talked about a Barbie doll. Okay, well if you have a Barbie doll and one part of that Barbie doll is adult size, let's pick her a nose. That's not gonna be a popular doll. That's not gonna sell Wall of Christmas Barbie with an adult size nose. Same thing. What's the difference? Out of scale. You know? If you can picture this. What else? Charlie, this make any sense to you? Uh very much so. <laughs> Oh, everything everything you said you guys said today is is a sounds like the changing of the times and this is what they need to do and this is what they need to hear. Yeah, and you know, in in one of the mistakes that we've made is probably because and I'll blame Ted for this. Ted was as good natured as I've ever been. He was just a fantastic guy, and I think you know the Ted Williams camp and knowing Ted like I did and. Yeah, you know, I wanted to try to be all things to all people, you know. I, try, I wanted to be, I wanted the Ted Williams League to wrap its arms around everyone. But as we've gone along, I've realized that the parents are really in control. The kids are, you know, and, and I'm a parent and a grandparent, and, you know, I remember kids, I want this, I want that, and you, and you want to make them happy. But in this case, getting hit by the by thrown pitches more than they should, little league elbow. I don't want to get on going on that, but that's a documented medical medical condition. Um, and you know, uh, sometimes the parents have to just do what's best for their kids, and not let them have their way. And I think this is another example of that. And I think the kids in this case maybe missing out on the best dress rehearsal uh, of their life for all the wrong reasons. Because they want to wear, you know, get on the wrong bus. You know, they want to get on the wrong bus. And the kid doesn't know the difference. And that's where I've identified the baseball parent as the most, most important person in this frustration. Because, especially the mother, because dads, they tend to be, ah, oh, too bad, get out there, I had to do it. Well, that's not the answer. That's not the answer, you know. Um, you know, just you know, just because you had to do it doesn't mean that something better hasn't come along, you know. I mean, uh, I did most when I wrote my first book. It was in pencil. <laughs> I I can't imagine doing that again, compared to what we have now with computers and spell check and everything that makes you look great, cut and paste. Man, it's like heaven in writing. Same, same idea. We're going to see signs of improvement, and that's what we want. And we, we want people from outside of the area, you know, all across the country, all around the world, to be honest, to sort of get involved and start their own team, you know. Yeah, well, let's go back to short form. And I'm glad you brought that up because this is Ted Williams League headquarters. And it's so we, oh, we haven't really heard about you, and there's not all that many players. And, well... <laughs> when you're trying to change 70 years of crap, it takes time. When you're trying to build a battleship, when you're trying to build something like this, it takes a lot of time. And, um, and that's exactly what has happened. I mean, the study itself was 10 years long. That was just reviewing all this stuff to make sense out of it all. But let's say you're in New York, or you're in Connecticut, you're in Rhode Island, or you're in California. 
well, we want to we wanna play kids in short form. All right, get in touch with us, and we'll walk you through it. And if you happen to be close enough where you can come here and play against us or someone that's close to you, so be it. Beautiful. But that's what we do. We want people to understand this. And you know, on another side, just to, just to, this just happened to come to mind. I'd love to, love to see the best 10-year-old team playing by these rules. You know, with wooden bats and the right ball, with the runners alive in our dimensions, that would really be something to see. You know, and let me be very clear about this. You're on a 10-year-old team and you won the, the Babe Ruth this or the Little League that. I don't think you're playing baseball at all. I think you won something and I think you should be proud of you winning in this other format. But it is not as close to the mother game as what we have. You are, you are miles from it. Miles from it. And that's in the, and again the presentation will bring this out more. It would be a beautiful thing to see a uh, hundred teams fighting for a Ted Williams League tournament with these dimensions in place. We'll see it someday. It's coming. It is for sure, Coach. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Ted Williams League podcast. Remember. For any hitting questions or questions about the league, please email us at tedwilliamsleague at yahoo.com. You can also watch the Saving Youth Baseball video presentation at our YouTube channel, Ted Williams slash Steve Faroli Baseball. Please subscribe to our channel there. You can also visit our website, www.tedwilliamsbaseballleague. From Hanson, Massachusetts, I'm Steve Faroli. Get a good pitch to hit. I call on to spark up all my fun. Days at the playground or right out in the street. Baseball. Now, now, now.